0: Hello, world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning, world, Shelly Shearer here, and welcome to the show. Wow, well, you know it has been a busy week or two, when it takes you two hours in a day to go through all your emails. <laughs> And as I'm dinging still in the background, it's like, okay, sorry, I've turned that off. Craziness, just craziness, lots of changes here in our life. And, um, the fact that it has been a little crazy is going to lead me into today's topic. Now I have a dear friend, excuse me. That I've had since I was six years of age. And uh, that is a lovely thing, by the way, to have in your life. Someone that knows you that well and has been with with you through the thick and the thin and seen you grown into the person or grow into the person that you are today. So we've known each other since we were six, turning seven, and we are 52 years of age now. <laughs> Those are some good years. She sends me little snippets every now and then. She's an avid listener of my podcast and sends me things that I can sometimes get ideas from and she could not have sent a better email the other day. Title of today's podcast is You Can Do Anything But Not Everything. Now the lady, to give credit where this goes to, I'm probably saying her name wrong, she is someone called Dana Skoland. It's S-K-O-G-L-U-N-D. She's a huge yogi and does a blog and she's really got a quite a A lovely little um, gift with a written word, I do have to say, and she's quite inspirational. So some of her things I'm taking my ideas from today and paraphrasing because she really is basically saying everything I have been saying for years and have put in practice into my life and unfortunately forget on a regular basis. She did a blog on coming into 2018, going through her list, which, you know, I spoke about over the last couple of weeks on and off, little bits of tidbits in different uh, different podcasts. Starting a new year, you know, without a list, without a focus, I've mentioned this many times, you cannot devise a plan on where you're going, you can't visualize. And if you are a believer in the secret or the law of attraction, if you are a believer that success comes from planning, if you are someone like me that believes high functioning habits will make sure that no matter what is going on in your life, you adapt and put to place in place things that will ensure that you are successful. All of these things, whether you come from my generation with a paper day timer or or an electronic one in today's day and age, those types of disciplines, those types of actions, dream boards, lists, to-do lists, uh, goal searching and making, they all are very, very relevant because they focus on your subconscious and your subconscious' abil- subconscious's ability to get you what you want in life, to move you forward to achieve your goals. Okay? So... I guess something that happened to her was she was sitting at her computer and she literally just looked at her 2017 list and froze because there were so many things still on it. And she was trying to create her 2018 list. I can fully relate to that. 2017 was a, that was a very unique year. I really thought I had a little more figured out than I did, but that's okay. Cause it got me to here. And you know, as long as you get to where you're going, it doesn't have to happen overnight. And just so you know, it rarely does. Uh, There's a cute saying that a, I've mentioned it before, a very famous singer whose name has completely left my brain, made a comment once that, yes, I I had overnight success that took me 20 years. (laughs) He was, you know, practicing his trade and perfecting his voice in his songwriting. And it was true. I just remember this coming, it was years ago, he was on an interview and whoever this artist was, and again, I'm so sorry, it's just, it's completely left my brain who it was. He was, he became an overnight success. Like he just went from obscurity to like billboard charts, but he wasn't 21, he was in his forties. He had been at this for a very, very long time. And the lady said, you know, what is it like to, to be an overnight success? He says, it's great, but that, you know, I've been 20 years when that in that overnight. Same thing happens with us guys. Always know that you're moving forward, okay? And not everything is gonna happen overnight. One of the things, just a little segue, one of the things I love, and it came up yesterday uh, talking with someone, was multi-level marketing, network marketing, social marketing, that sort of thing. A lot of the more responsible companies now really do preach, teach, whichever word you would like there, that this is a long-term commitment, a five-year goal, and success does not happen overnight. So please, you know, do not quit your day job and and make sure that you are learning and educating yourself and you are consistent and you have a why and a goal. And I really appreciate that because a lot of things in the past, a lot of companies that are on that kind of get rich quick scheme and that sort of thing are always talking about the, you know, you can make all this money in the short period of time. Well, you know, really be skeptical of those kites of things because nine times out of 10, that's not how it rolls at all. So. She's talking about this, you know, getting a clean slate. And I kind of had to do the same thing as well. And actually, we all should. We don't want you living in the past. We do not want you tied up with some of the goals that you didn't master. If you had a list for 28 great. We're going to look at that right now. And we're going to talk about a few things. And we're going to learn. Okay? Because a lot of times, especially in this world we live in today, with so much information coming at us all the time, and very rarely are there a traditional homes anymore where one parent works and one is home looking after the life of this family. Everyone's in a job and kids are in school and sports and everyone's just going this way and that way. And it's amazing actually in today's day and age that we can, can, can keep any sort of a traditional. And I use the word traditional in the fact of this, a communicating in touch focused family. Okay. Not traditional as in my mom's, you know, baking cookies, my dad's going to a job and, you know, there's Sunday pot roast on the, st- on the uh, table every Sunday. No, we've had to let that go for a long, long time now. My definition now of more traditional is is more tied into being high functioning. When everyone started working in the 80s and 90s, we watched that old-fashioned traditional stuff go out the door. Kids were latchkey kids. They were They were like, they were expressions and terms for all these new things that kind of were coming into being at the turn of the century and people lost touch with their children. They lost touch with their spouses. Divorce rates, you know, are still well over 55% because there's not long-term planning and habits that are put in place to keep communication open and going. And if you do not talk to your kids, how will you know them and how can you disseminate all of your knowledge that you want to teach them if you're not communicating with them. Not even quite sure how I jumped over there, and I'm having a little trouble in my brain pan getting me back to where I was, but another segue, it's really come into effect here with us taking on exchange students this year. And I have a new exchange student coming tonight. We have a girl for the first time, and we've had a boy for the past five months who is leaving us in the morning. And we really put in place rules about mealtime and family time because how can they have a Canadian experience or learn my language or my culture if I'm one, not interacting with them and two, not talking to them. I'm sure there are days when my kid would just like me to not talk on the way to school (laughs) because I'm sorry, but I've got his undivided attention for 10 minutes and it's a running, running dialogue. In that particular case, it's a running monologue usually. I'm kind of hoping the next one might have a little more interaction, but with Alec, it's a running monologue. And sometimes it's an ebook that I'm listening to, and, and I, start, I bring up some points and I try and get some feedback from him, but dinner table is definitely that way. What's going on with your day? Who, you know Who have you seen with your friends? You know, let's talk about some topics, and we just bring up anything and everything. because it's the only way you can find out how they think by putting scenarios out on the table and discussing them. At least that's my thought on this. And I can't I can't let the media raise children whether they're my own flesh and blood or the children that are in my home that I have part-time custody of I'm not letting the media raise these kids I'm the one with the experience I'm the parent in the situation and I'm the one responsible and I feel very very strongly about that okay back to the list I was that segue went on to like three segues off a segue we got on onto all sorts of stuff there but it's it's really about learning to say no and that's kind of where part of this is going with on um on Dana's blog she was making her list and what happens when especially for me especially it was in my 30s and 40s my 30s especially that decade was the decade of I can do it all and in my 30s I had not learned learned learn to say no yet and I laugh because I meet people my age or even younger or older who still have not learned this lesson And I've oftentimes joked with them saying, okay, you need to stand yourself in a mirror and just practice looking at yourself, gang. going, no, thank you. Oh, I really appreciate that opportunity, but that's really not for me. That's not something I have time for right now. Really appreciate that, but no, 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 no. Find your way of saying no, maybe find 25 ways of making that look and make sure your facial expression is still kind. We don't all wanna become across as like assholes, But you need to learn to say no, and that is becoming more and more relevant in today's society. Now, it was a really tough thing for me to start admitting things out of my life four years ago when I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia and everything slowed down for me. That was devastating. But let me tell you how quickly you'll learn to say no, because when you don't, your body gives way. Now, I have some friends that listen to this podcast that are probably laughing, going, yeah, three years is learning quickly because, yeah, they're right. I didn't learn this lesson overnight. I spent a year fighting it, a year adjusting, and then a year of pushing myself until I'd collapse. Until now, I'm kind of where I am now, and I'm doing so much better. I function so much higher in so many areas, and I am still, quite honestly, trying to find my line, and I miss it a lot of the times, but probably three quarters of the time, I don't. I'm aware and I, I draw back and I omit things and I have to say no. So the question is, are you spreading yourself too thin by one, putting too much stuff on your plate or two, not being able to say no? And you might think, well, show, those are the same things, and actually they're not. They're not, uh, they're related, but you can be a person that has no problem saying no but you are still for completely different reasons than not knowing how to say no over um, scheduling your schedule. I talk about sometimes the one, three, five rule. And one of these days, I'm going to get that into an ebook because it has served me very well about where, whether I take a look and, and I take a, uh, a step back from something, one step, three steps, five steps. And the thing is, what you're looking for is you're looking for the consequence of each step one layer three layers five layers back and of course big decisions are usually you know a step five process you're looking for multiple layers multiple directions of how your decision making process and the choices you've made could impact that those around you and your own life almost a little bit like the butterfly effect okay but on certain things it's just like okay i'm choosing to eat this tonight it's a good choice You didn't have to think three ways from Sunday. Say that habit is already in place for you. You know what to eat, not to eat. In fact, oh, I'm sorry. Segway. My poor son is having a huge change in his life right now. Now I have spoken about Ryan many times and our son is bipolar and he has managed that for many years, but unfortunately is he's had a pretty significant, significant episode. And I wasn't going to say roadblocks. Um, uh, signposts and habits that he put into a place have fallen by the wayside. He's had to go on medication and that has changed his eating habits. Well, because he was on a ketone diet for so long and his brain ran on fats, he was lean, didn't matter how many calories he ate. He ate what he wanted as long as it stayed within his diet. But now that he's eating carbohydrates again and he's on actual pharmaceutical meds, his body is just having these sugar cravings that are just out of control. And he has no ability right now to manage that. It is just like fast food, junk food, sugar, chocolate. He is probably gained 10 pounds. He's going to gain another 20 if he's not careful. And we really had a pretty, you know, heart to heart yesterday saying, Hey, honey, I'm sorry, but the high functioning habits you had in place for the old way you were living, you need new ones and they need to get in place fast. Because you need to make a choice. You are not eating food, you're eating products. And you're eating so much poison, sugar is a poison, just like overdoing alcohol, that your body is, you know, in your moods, you're going to have a really tough time controlling your weight and your happiness and your your issues in this particular situation. So that is something that can, you know, there's my example of something can change. You know, habits are something that we put in place. Sometimes they carry us through an entire lifetime. Other ones change as our circumstances change, like me getting fibromyalgia. Okay, so those things for me, I had to get very clear. For me, I've got a lot of clarity around the need for the goalposts and the habits and the structure, what it is after that is ensuring I put it into place and accepting that these choices are the best choices for me. Your list is no different. So what does she say in here? I've just got it off of my screen here. Again, she goes back to, we can do anything, but not everything. So what really became important to me was what I committed myself to and how I committed to them. And sorry, that's actually where I got started on that segue with my son's eating habits was being committed to things that are important. Budgets come up, money comes up in this area as well a lot. And what I find people aren't doing is they are not prioritizing what's truly important, giving it that your time, your energy, your money, and then everything else comes afterwards. That is how you create high functioning habits in the fact that you need to find out what's important in your life for you. It is very different for many, many people. But there are things that need to be done. Your rent needs to be paid or your mortgage you must feed yourself to the best of as healthy and to the best of your budget as, as possible there are depending on where you live you probably might need to take out renters insurance or homeowners insurance because you cannot live in the unknown like that in especially in the north american world life insurance if you have a family there are things that you need to put in place to ensure that should anything freaky just happen to you and it can happen that the people that you've committed to look after can carry on after you're gone. You need to make sure that, you know, your debts are paid. If you have a car loan, you need to put the gas in the car. You need to dress yourself for work. And then, and then you say, there's my budget, what's left over. Can I afford to have some fun extra clothing? Can I afford to vacation? Can I afford to eat out? Can I truly afford a cell phone? Like everyone just thinks that's something you should absolutely have to have. Well, you know, it's actually not, by the way. Do you need cable vision in your home? You need to as well. I'm really on a different subject right now here as well about priorities. You need to ensure that you have your priorities straight. And then those things go into the prioritized list and everything falls after it. Because what happens when we say to one thing? We're always having to say no to something else. And if you haven't quite accepted that in your life or realize how that manifests, it's something that I want you to spend this next week thinking about. Lately, I've been kind of giving you guys homework. That's your homework for this week. I need you to think about that and accept it because it actually, for most people, it's a fact. There is not an easy solution to your list, but there's You cannot do everything. So at some point, something has got to fall off the wayside. You want to ensure, like I've always talked about with a diet, if you put enough good habits in place, you don't need to remove the bad ones. There simply won't be enough time for them, enough energy for them, or enough thought pattern left over to to indulge in them for the most part. There there will be such an afterthought is the point I'm trying to make. It is the same thing with your to-do list. Get the priorities on there. Quit fighting fires find out what's important, make a list. Also, let's not live in regret. I've podcasted about that so many times, and that's one of the things you need to do with the 2017 list. Don't sit around feeling guilty. You're almost at the we're at the end of January now. You're already a month into the new year. There's only 12 of them, guys. And you just can't live in that in that guilt and regret. Okay? Let it go. Find a few things that you feel need to go into this year's list, perhaps you didn't accomplish them. Or they longer term goals that, you know, t- are year after year. There maybe they're a five-year or ten-year plan. Get them on the list. But let go of the guilt, okay? And let's work with what we've got. So what she says here is that, oh, I like how she, she describes this. Decide comes from the Latin word decidere. I am probably so saying that wrong. It's spelt de decid- Well, that's actually how it's spelled. De-he-c-i-d-e-r-e. Which means to cut off so when you decide something you're making a cut you've made a choice you're keeping this but actually what she's trying to say here is you've made a decision to cut yourself off from other options those things are a no i've decided on a so b c and d are a no very rarely if you want to stay focused and getting to your goals can you hang on to all the what ifs I'm the queen of it. I have done it forever. I am the, oh, squirrel, shiny object queen. Even in the last two years with my business, I got puttering around and ended up with about a few thousand dollars worth of inventory of products that are just for fun. I sell them occasionally. I didn't need to be doing that. That money should have gone completely somewhere else, not focused on my end result again. And every little thing that you keep bringing into your life is a distraction of time, energy, and money. No matter what okay if it's a if it's where you want to be then those distractions become your focus but if they're not your focus they're a distraction kind of the same thing what she's saying here (laughs) actually i like this thing she's got here and this is kind of goes back to me asking you to practice in the mirror to say no a person's success in life can usually be measured by the number of uncomfortable conversations he or she is willing to have so that kind of takes me to the area of uh Are you an avoidant avoider of confrontation and commitment? Because if you are you have issues that have got to be addressed before you can have goals because goals are a commitment in a big way and no matter how hard you try in life if you cannot handle confrontation in any form, there's going to be areas that are going to fall off for you because life unfortunately dishes those things those situations up on a regular basis. Now it was funny because I was talking to my son the other day about my father. Now, because this bipolar has become such an issue, we've now gone into family history, and we're having sushi, and I'm kind of going over family issues and who had issues and who didn't, and who does what and what this. And my son looked at me and says, "You know that Grandpa, I think, has got ADHD, and Ryan was diagnosed with that as a child, and the diagnosis was was very helpful because it no drugs were involved, but it helped me put a game plan into place where." Lists and you know, not multitasking him with things because kids with that just cannot handle that kind of stuff. You know, you'd find him at the front door at the age of six or seven with his shoes in his hand, bawling his eyes out with his knapsack on one side and something else on the other. Because I gave him three things to do and he just lost it. He needed one go get your lunch, okay, mom, that's done. Go pack your knapsack, okay, mom, that's done. Go put your shoes and coats on, okay, mom, that's done had to be like that. I couldn't say, Hey Ryan, we need to get to school, go do these three or four things. Oh my goodness. The poor kid would just spiral. So I learned coping mechanisms and I taught him how to cope and then to understand because understanding is awareness is everything. Okay. So I lost my train of thought for a second. Sorry, guys. So those uncomfortable conversations have to happen. Now, my father avoids confrontation in all its forms. I've been disowned twice in my life. I've been kicked out of the house a couple of times because if it's not his way or the highway, he just cuts you off. What Ryan is kind of trying to understand and realizing when you're watching these behaviors in the, with the adults around you is where their behaviors are manifesting. My father comes from the 1950s lifestyle of a at-home wife. He works, she didn't. And he ran the roost. So his issues were easy to ignore and navigate because of the life that he, uh, the um, to, uh, to, place and time that he was born into. If my father was born today and had to deal in this past, fast-paced life with a working wife and kids and, and other issues, he would have had to have probably sought medical help, counseling, and perhaps been medicated. But he didn't have to. He navigated his way around that to which he didn't want to deal with. I thought about that and I thought, yes. And he did it when he lost his hearing as well. He learned to navigate the world around him brilliantly without ever facing up or coming to terms with his issues. Actually, you kind of got to hand it to him. It's freaking brilliant. But sorry guys, for the most of us, it doesn't work. It worked for him because he was born in the forties was married in the sixties and the world around him, he was able to adapt it to his needs. That's not so easy nowadays, I gotta say. So one of the things Dana talks about here is what kind of commitments do you have that you're not psyched about? And if you're not psyched about them, do they, should they be on your list? I'm kind of getting to the point now in my life that I'm always looking for the things that juice me up. Now, unfortunately, laundry has to be done and the toilets have to be cleaned and the groceries have to be purchased. Unless you live in a third world country or a country that basically has legalized slavery like Brazil and South Africa where people are not paid enough to live on. So therefore they're in servitude. Well, great. That works wonderful if you're the what haves. But what if you're the what nots or the have nots? Not a great system. I'm very fortunate where I live in North America. And I've got to tell you, the older I get, and the more I learn about the world around me, how grateful I am. So that sort of lifestyle can exist for other people, but people in North America, there's not someone doing our gardening, cleaning our house, making our food while all we do is work and even part-time raise our children because there's nannies. That doesn't work in North America unless you're very, very, very wealthy. Okay? So you have to prioritize and you have to decide what is important to you. Even if you live in those, if you're my listeners in those other countries and you have those types of things, you are still in that position, you're filtering process is just a little different than mine because a dozen things are already off half a dozen things are already off your plate due to the the cultural and economic environment you live in but you probably have another dozen things that are on your plate that wouldn't even register on my radar because there is no time energy or money for those things left but they're, they could be on your plate so she talks about you know what are you not psyched about what things make you feel heavy and weighed down? And those may be things you need to uncommit from and get off your plate. Children and activities. This is something kind of relevant in my neighborhood. I watch parents in this neighborhood have very little life because of their children's sports and have them in so many things that no one has downtime. I consider that incredibly unhealthy. And it's not sustainable for long periods of time. And it causes a lot of conflict. And I think, what is the subconscious... Reasoning that's driving this overactivity because do not think for a second that something doesn't drive your behavior because it does. And it would be really good if you could get yourself into a little habit of digging back through that. There's the wound, here's the band aid. What caused the wound in the first place? What caused the thought? What caused the issue? Those are the things you need to dig into. So if you're really focused on making things happen and I hardly even got into the stuff that she came into her blog she goes on about talking about being stuck into commitments that aren't aligned with who you are and I'm a big believer in that bringing and of course I've talked about putting things on your plate that are and the problem there is if you don't trust yourself about what's important you're also signaling to the rest of the world um, that other people's priorities are more important than your own and they aren't that's when you become a yes man So if you're okay being a passive aggressive controller and being someone else's person that, you know, that if you're the person making other people's dreams come true all the time and and you have no priorities for yourself, what is that saying about yourself? You're just being a doormat. Don't do not be a doormat. I watched my sister do that with her children her whole life. And it took a long, long time to sort of get those relationships healthy because the kids just figured she was their maid. She wasn't, but she had no ability to say no to her children or discipline them. And it was really, really tough watching as an outsider looking in. Confidence really does come and your ability to appear confident and to be confident in your decisions and that you do in your life comes with your when your behaviors are really, really aligned with what your intentions and your commitments are. Okay. Alignment is so very, very important in life. So she was saying or her saying in this blog, if, if, it's, if it's not a hell yeah, it's a no for 2018. <laughs> so it's something to consider. Like I say, some things just have to get done. That is the focus of life and it's just part of being a grown up. But honestly, if it doesn't juice you, let it go. And letting go of things, other people might feel uncomfortable for a little while but they will learn to adapt plus they'll be drawn back to you when you are excited about the important things in your life it's something i'm going to podcast hopefully i'll remember to do it next week i'd like to podcast about being a master of one being really really good matter of fact it came up in the book i'm listening to again right now about how the jack of all trades thing does not work for most people but if you can master one, sk- one or two skills in life, you can market that. You can make a living at it. You can succeed in life. You do not need to know it all. I have a gift of knowledge. I like to know a little bit about a lot of stuff. And unfortunately, it does sort of um, dilute me in my focus at times. What I'm learning now in my 50s is to enjoy that gift of knowledge when I have the extra time. But on the priority list, and focusing on what I'm good at I'm a really good bookkeeper I'm actually I'm really really good at it. <laughs> it is just something that comes naturally not accounting accounting is something very higher level bookkeepers and I'm not talking data entry clerks either I am that in-between person that understands everything about accounting can get it into a software or paper um, uh, medium and can take you to trial balance and let you know exactly where you're standing in life and help you make financial decisions I'm very good at that always have been so you know what the fact that I was trying to let that go out of my life so I could focus on our new brand and my other company living well probably not my brightest brightest move one there's good cash flow in that work I just needed to change the type of clients I had enough of the small itty bit stuff that suck up my time but don't make me money I needed larger uh, retainer type clients per month I also needed to make sure I understood the new changes in the tax law, which I was completely willing to not even go look at. Because bottom line, if it doesn't affect anybody else, I am still running a business, which means I still have to do my own finances. I still have to know what's legal in the new tax plans. I still have to make informed decisions and know where my money's going. So the fact that I was trying to cut it out of my life was completely ridiculous in a lot of ways. I still need that skill set. If for no other reason than my own life, okay? The other thing I'm very good at is I am quite good with facilitating and creating habits in my life that keep me very high functioning and keep me successful in overcoming obstacles. I'm actually very good at that. And I have been in my whole, most of my life. I've always focused on the fact that I had the obstacles to begin with and, Oh, you know, yuck, how come my life is full of all this crap? It's the people around me that are always like, Shelly, we're always so amazed at how you overcame that and how successful you're on this. And uh, you're at it. I'm thinking, where do you people get this from? Because they don't see the hurdle. They saw me conquering the hurdle. And I really had to learn to accept that in myself. That my success in that area is the ability to put the habits and the attitudes and the awareness and the learning into place to move forward in my life and be the happiest and be the best I can be. That I'm very good at. And that is where the new focus of the business is going to help other people be like that, that have made the choice to move forward. Then let me help you get to A to B. So why people, for the most part, I believe, listen to my podcast. So find those things in your own life. What are you very good at? And feed it, nurture it, and let some of this stuff fall off the wayside. Like I say, you cannot be all things to all people. You cannot do it all. So wipe the slate clean. 2017 is over. Get your new list get it prioritized, decide, ask yourself, what is it that I want to become? Not what do you want to do? What do you want to become? Because when you become all that you can be, you can do anything you want to do. Have an absolutely great day, everyone. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you'd like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.